Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's The Upper Room. Our podcast addresses the Christian's role in today's culture. We hope you enjoy it and find it informative. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org. Now let's get going. Welcome to the Upper Room. This is Pastor Scott coming to you. It's a good evening, and I wanted to put a shout out to our subscribers. Thank you very much for subscribing to the Upper Room. If you are not a subscriber and you find what you listen to here is being useful or helpful to you, and I pray and hope that it is, that you would go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. And uh, if you would, please give us a rating or a review, depending on whatever it is that you're podcasting app allows you to do. All right, a few uh, updates at Bible Fellowship Church. We've got a ladies Bible study that's continuing on on Wednesday nights, and it's uh, going very well. The ladies are very encouraged by it. It's a book by Kay Arthur, 28 Days to uh, Learn to Study Your Bible. Uh, This is a critical thing for all believers to learn and know how to do, which is to study the Word of God. Uh, You can't follow what God wants you to do in life if you don't understand what it is that his book, his written word, is trying to tell you. And the Bible can be a little bit tricky, but if you know a few rules about um, proper reading of Scripture and ways of interpreting Scripture, you will get a lot out of it, and it can be very, very meaningful to your life. Also, uh, coming Sunday, March 20th, we're going to begin a study the an introduction to Hebrew, and this is learning the language of Hebrew and how it works. Um, basically, kind of the, the background of it, the, the letters, the words themselves, uh, kind of how the Hebrew language operates and works. It's, like I said, it's an introductory course, but it will help you in your study of the Old Testament in particular. Pastor Don's going to be teaching that. And we'll be starting that on Sundays after church, uh, again, beginning on March 20th. Also, we're going to be starting up the men's breakfast again. Uh, That'll be happening in April. Uh, I believe it's April 8th or 9th, whatever that Saturday is. We'll be starting up the men's breakfast again, and we'll be uh, discussing, probably looking at some passages in the Old Testament. I've been listening through the Bible this year, and I'm in the just starting the book of Nehemiah right now. And so the Old Testament is kind of on my mind and just kind of a big picture view of the Old Testament. And so we'll probably be discussing some of that in a little greater detail on Saturday mornings during the men's breakfast. It's a short thing from eight to nine o'clock. The first half hour is just eating and fellowshipping. And then the second half hour, 20 minutes or so is, is discussing scripture, kind of helping you get your weekend started um, off on a good foot. Also, I wanted to let you all know, for those of you that don't make it to church on Sunday mornings, a young man in our church, Wyatt Tomlinson, he is headed back to Zambia, Africa. He went there last summer and on a short-term mission trip for about a week and really enjoyed what the Lord was able to do uh, through him on that trip. And so he's committed himself to going back uh, this time for a month. And so if you would like to support that and support his uh, trip over. I'll put a link uh, to his uh, page 
on the church website so that you can go over there and donate to his going back to Zambia. So the Sunday message, this Sunday, the message was um, preached by my fellow associate pastor, Bob Wren, and uh, he did an excellent job of, of giving us an overview of Paul as he was starting out on his second missionary journey, which um, kind of cracked me up because Bob kept referring to it as his missionary tour. Uh, if you know anything about Bob, you know that he's a, a band guy, band member, plays keyboards for a, a local um, band here. And uh, and so it, it kind of cracked me up that he kept referring to it as a tour. And, uh, and so the, in the second missionary journey, uh, quite a bit happened, beginning with a disagreement between Paul and Barnabas about whether or not John Mark should go along with them. So Bob kind of brings everybody sort of up to speed from his the last time he preached and uh, goes into the book of Philippians. So in the book of Philippians, um, Paul and Timothy um, are greeting the Philippians, and uh, Bob goes into a, a teaching on this. I'm not going to preempt everything. I think you should go and listen to the message if you haven't listened to it already. And But basically, the, the idea of the gospel being, or the entire package of the gospel, what is it? And one of the things he kept discussing or talking about was this idea that all roads lead to the judgment seat of Christ. And the judgment seat of Christ is where we as believers, um, when that day comes, we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ and we will be uh, given our rewards, right? Or our judgments. And judgment can be either good or bad, as Bob discussed. And so you um, might get some um, feedback that there are some things in your life that you didn't do well, you know, those things that are straw, hay, and stubble that'll get burned away. But then those things that were enduring, those things that, that you did as part of your sanctification on this, on this earth and your, as your time here, that uh, you'll get rewarded for those things. And so that should be our motivation. You know, we're all headed towards that judgment seat. We know it's coming. It, it's going to be part of our lives. Um, and so we need to be prepared for that. And it should help motivate us living a life that's actually honoring to God and not a life that's strictly um, focused on ourselves. And so it was a good message. It, it spoke to me quite a bit because, you know, even though I'm a pastor, I'm still a human. And I still have those times when, when I get wrapped up in what's going on in the world, what's going on in my family, what's going on, you know, money-wise, everything else. And it can weigh heavily on your mind to the point where, Really, and this kind of goes back to my listening to the Old Testament, where it, those things become an idol to you when you're not putting a focus on the Lord and you're focusing on those other things and you're kind of pushing the Lord aside and you're not um, paying attention or, or being in obedience to him and his word. And that can be a dangerous place. If you've read through the Old Testament, you know that from many of those stories that even some of the kings during the time of the kings, even though for the vast majority of their life, they may have followed the Lord and, and done what was right in the sight of the Lord. It only took one instant of them doing something selfish or is doing something where they didn't consult the Lord first or whatever that there were major consequences for. And so you need to be on guard for that kind of thing. And you need to be uh, paying attention to where your focus is at at all times. I think that's one of the reasons why the Apostle Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. You know, maintain that relationship, maintain that communication between you and God, where you're constantly speaking to the Lord about the various events that are going on throughout your day. 
Um, ideally, everything we do throughout the day should bring glory to God. Now, I know that's not how we live our lives, and that's not necessarily uh, practical, but it's definitely a goal. It's something to reach for and try to attain to. And if we'll do that, um, our lives can can glorify God and can be a reflection of Him. And man, talk about sanctification. You know, sanctification just means being set apart, being made holy. And the way you do that is by focusing everything you do and think on the Lord. And so, and with His His guidance and His judgment, not your own. So Bob went in to talk a little bit about that, and then and the other thing he talked about that kind of, you know, he kept coming back to over and over was this idea of the whole package. You know, the gospel is a complete package and that if your view of the gospel is just whether or not you're going to go to heaven or hell, you know, whether or not you prayed a prayer and walked an aisle and, and were baptized and, you know, and you're done, you know, you did your piece and you're good. I mean, that's a great first step, right? And then he talked about that. That's being justified. And the justification part is the part that frees us from the penalty of sin, Right. All of these things are in relation to our sin. Everything about this life is about our relationship to sin. You know, sin is what entered in through Adam and Eve. It's been part of humanity and all of creation ever since. All of creation is affected with sin. So even if, you know, for those who like to believe that human beings are a parasite on this planet, if we just got rid of all the human beings, the world would function in its in its quote-unquote natural state, which is somehow good. I mean, they they almost treat the natural state of the world as somehow being glorified, as though that it's somehow holy and that it's that it's right and everything about it's good. No, it's not. It's corrupted with sin. The natural state of the world is death. The natural state of the world is, it's all about the strong crushing the weak or the survival of the fittest. You know, it's all about evolution and adaptation, you know, and these are just Simple observations made by godless people of the natural order, you know, trying to make it sound like that's normal, and it's not. It's all because of sin. You know, there, there's nothing lovely or, or good about it. I mean, if you've ever watched, you know, if you live in town and you've ever watched a house cat take down a bird, you know, or if you've watched any of the videos on YouTube of lions taking down a, uh, an animal of some sort where they're literally ripping this poor thing apart while it's still alive— you know that that the natural state of the world is not this glorious, wonderful balance of nature that you know keeps getting espoused. It's corrupted by sin, and so we know that and we understand that. And so the whole package of the gospel is more than just you praying a prayer and becoming a believer. That's just the beginning. Once you're justified, then you go through this process of being sanctified. And sanctified, as I said, just simply means that, that you are set apart. You're, you're being made holy. It's a process. It's not something you attain right away when you pray the prayer. It's something that, okay, now you've prayed the prayer. Now you need to start living your life by learning how to walk with the Lord, learning how to walk in the Spirit. Um, these are things that the Apostle Paul teaches pretty extensively in the New Testament. And, uh, and so it's something that you need to study and you need to understand. And the only way you can attain any of that is by being in God's word, by spending time in the, in the word and learning the word and learning what it, what it's actually saying and not taking everything in there as like, oh, this is talking to me about this. No, no, no. Learn how to read the Bible properly, um, with the right, the big church word here, hermeneutic, so that you can learn to, to, um, interpret the Bible correctly, and then you'll know how to apply it to your life. 
and begin doing it. I mean, that's the final step, right? It's, if you have all this Bible knowledge, this head knowledge and everything, but you never do anything with it, you never actually apply it in your life and use it to uh, change the way you perceive God and change the way you perceive other people and deal with other people, then all it is is head knowledge. It, it means nothing. So you've got to actually bring it into your life. And if you do that, it, it frees you from the power of sin, right? So the first one was, was being freed from the penalty of sin. Now you're being freed from the power of sin. You have the ability to say no to sin and to follow the Lord. And then that leads into the third one, which is glorified. And glorified is, essentially means that we will be brought into the presence of God and that that sin nature that's within us will be removed. It will be no more. You will be released from the very presence of sin, sin inside you, that mechanism that, that just bristles up and makes you want to disobey, that, that rebellious spirit that, that wants to fight against you know, anything you consider being power over you, right? And so really that's what it's all about. Um, it wasn't so much that Adam and Eve sinned when they ate the fruit, it's the fact that they blamed everybody else for their sin and they never asked for God's forgiveness from it. And so they didn't, they let their pride, that rebellious spirit, well up in them and tried to justify why they had done what they'd done and blame it on others instead of taking responsibility for it and asking for forgiveness from it. And so there's the whole package of the gospel, right? We're justified. We're currently in the process of being sanctified. We're working towards it or we're slipping away from it. You know, there's no neutral, there's no coasting here with sanctification. You're either becoming sanctified or you are not becoming sanctified. You know, it's like, it's not like you can't, kind of like the analogy, you can't be a little bit pregnant and you either are or you aren't. So sanctified is kind of the same way. You're either working towards it and becoming more sanctified in how you treat your relationship to God and how you treat your relationship to other people, or you're slipping backwards and you're losing that relationship with the Lord and you're losing those relationships with other people. So it's a powerful thing. It's a, it's a thing that you really need to, to grab hold of and to spend time in um, learning and thinking about making it part of who you are in your heart. And the only way you can do that is to be spending time in God's word, right? So when I drive back and forth to work every day now, I'm listening to the word. Okay, when I'm in the office, I'm focused on the office and doing the office things, right? But as soon as that work day's over, I'm back in the car, I'm headed home, I'm listening to the word. And so it's a it's a way to get that in your mind to where you can think about it all the time and begin to grasp those larger concepts that we need to get by that you can only get by being in the word. So with that, uh, the other thing that that Bob said um, several different times in the message was this idea of circumstances change, right? Life is a process of change. It's constantly changing. You're constantly changing, growing as a person. And so the idea behind that is, is as these circumstances change, how does your response to those circumstances change? Um, when a circumstance changes in your life and you find yourself in a situation you didn't think you would be in, what's your response? Do you get angry with the Lord? Do you lash out at other people? Or do you do like the Apostle Paul did in, in uh, the jail in the book of Acts, um, are you singing praises? Are you singing hymns? Are you taking your circumstance as a, as an opportunity from the Lord, you know, as opposed to something that's oppressing you? So it's just a, it's a different mindset. 
And it's a mindset that you can only get by spending time in, in the Word and spending time with other believers. That's why the, the importance of attending church is so powerful. Yeah, church can be a place where you can get hurt, right? I mean, it's still made up of people, and we're, we're all still people struggling with a sin nature, even though we're saved. And so, yeah, you know, things can happen, things can go get crossways, and people can be hurt. But if you view church as a family, and you're becoming part of a family, even though people might say things that might offend you, might hurt you, but also might exhort you, might enable you, might help you, might give you strength to overcome situations and things in your life. There's good and bad in all, in all interactions of people getting together, right? I mean, it, it, you like to put the blame on the church or whatever, but it's just people. You know, if you were part of a, a civic organization or you were part of a, a work group at work, you know, that works together constantly, you're going to come into conflict at some point. That's just life. That's just the way it is. And I know people say, well, it shouldn't be like that at church. You know, a church is supposed to be good, godly people. Yeah, they're all people trying to be godly. You know, nobody there is truly godly, and nor will we be until we reach that final stage of glorification. We're all still dealing with a sin nature. You know, so that whole idea of we need to be able to show each other a little bit of grace in these situations uh, will help you to grow as a person, right? Not instantly take offense at every little thing that's said or you perceive to be said, but Showing a little grace, you know, maybe finding out what was actually meant or intended by something that was said in your direction. And then if it, if it was offensive, then going to that other person and reconciling and working it out. You know, that's how grownups do these things. They work it out. And then through that process, you grow as a person and you give the opportunity of that other person in this situation to also grow. So church attendance is important. Um, it's something we've kind of let go and we're trying to do it virtually and, you know, trying to see other ways where we can draw people in, especially the younger generations that really aren't, aren't that group minded, you know, like generations in the past, they're more than willing to, you know, to do all their stuff on Facebook or, um, Microsoft teams or TikTok or whatever. And that's where they get all their interaction. But there's just something about that face to face personal interaction that you can't replicate virtually online. And so I, I would encourage you, if you're not part of a church body, you know, come check out Bible Fellowship Church. If we're not a right fit for you, then try another church. But you got to plug in with the people of God at some point. And that's really where your major growth is going to come from. You can only do so much on your own and you can only do so much out in the woods and nature. You really have to spend some time with the people of God in order to really uh, attain that true lasting growth. And unfortunately, some parts of it can be a little bit painful, but that's okay. That's that's what works. That's what gets the growth going. So it was a good message. Um, I really enjoyed it. I do have to apologize to Bob. I kind of screwed up on the editing. And when I put it up first, um, evidently the truncate silence didn't work out so well. So there's some big pauses, gaps in there that kind of seemed like nothing was going on. And so I did go back and rework the sermon and truncated the silences and cleaned it up, took about six minutes off the presentation. So if, if you've got it downloaded and it's 48 minutes long, you've got the one that's got the big pauses and stuff in it. If you, um, if you can get rid of that download off of your device and then re-download it again, it should be the right version now that's uh, only 42 minutes long. So with that said, the other things that are going on right now in the world today Obviously, I think the big thing most people are worried about personally is inflation. Uh, the prices of everything seem to be going up, gasoline, food, 
if you can find things. The other thing is, is just stuff not being in the stores. So you go to a store one time and there's, you know, macaroni noodles or whatever there. And the next time you go and the shelves are empty. And so it seems to be an issue that we're going to be dealing with for a little while. Um, the conflict in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine, you know, we're just hoping and praying that that doesn't spill out into the rest of Europe and ultimately into a world war. But uh, right now it seems like it's, it's being confined to Russia and Ukraine. The administration has made the the point to go ahead and shut off um, Russian oil from being imported. And so that's not going to help with prices of everything. Um, that's the other thing, too. I mean, when fuel prices go up, everything goes up because uh, everything is transported by trucks and trains and everything that require fuel. And so even what you pay if you have an electric vehicle, and you say, well, I'm sure glad I'm not paying for gas. Well, your electric prices are going to go up, too, because those are all fossil fuels as well generated. So it affects everything. And so the administration, interestingly, instead of trying to get American producers to produce more oil or trying to work with the Canadians to go ahead and get the pipelines run to bring more Canadian oil in that we can refine into products, um, they're talking about going to Saudi Arabia, talking about going to Iran and Venezuela, people that have terrible human rights records and terrible practices where they don't care about the environment at all. And they their environmental records are terrible as well. And going to those places and, and trying to get them to produce more oil to try to bring prices back down. So I don't know. We're living in crazy times, folks. And I, I don't know how it's all going to work out. But uh, if you're concerned about your 401k or you're concerned about your investments, uh, yeah, it's good to be concerned. But I wouldn't do anything rash or drastic at this point. I wouldn't, you know, go moving your money out. If too many people do that, that's what causes crashes. And so it's been shown time and time again that if you just kind of ride it out, you know, yeah, you're going to take a hit, but it'll come back. And when it does, it'll probably come back better than before. I mean, a lot of people lost money in 2008, um, but within a few years, not only had they regained what they had lost, but they made more. So it's just one of those things. It's kind of a weird thing, but the more you panic and the more you think emotionally about these things, the more you make poor decisions that end up affecting you long term. So I would encourage you not to do that. I would encourage you to do as the Old Testament prophets and kings uh, said we should, and that's to trust the Lord. Go to the Lord about these issues, and if the Lord tells you you need to you know, move your money here and move your money there, then, then do it. But uh, I, I wouldn't go making those kind of decisions. I would trust the Lord to, uh, to help you figure out the best approach, a reasoned approach, approach that... Uh, not only will do well for you, but also honor him in the process. So uh, with that, I just want to, uh, again, encourage people, if you're listening to this and you like what you're hearing, um, go ahead and subscribe and, and give us a rating and review. Uh, normally, when we do these podcasts, we try to do it as a discussion format, and I'll have one of the other elders and some of the younger people from the church on. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get that pulled together in time this week. It's been kind of hectic with uh, wedding and Coming up in our uh, our pandemic work uh, over the last two years, I've been teleworking from home for the most part. Well, now we've gone back to the office, and so um, having to spend that nine and ten hours a day of actually focusing on my work work and uh, not able to do uh, side projects like I was able to do while I was teleworking, and I could multitask a little bit more. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and close this out in prayer, and... Uh, 
we'll go from there. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for just the the way you care for us and the way you watch out for us. And Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to uh, deny, well, to have the power over our sin nature, that, that we can truly try to follow you and walk with you and walk in the Spirit. I ask, Lord, for your continued grace in our lives. I ask, Father, that you would help us to focus uh, each and every moment that we can on you and what you want for us and what you would have that's best for us. Father, I thank you for the church. Um, I thank you for it as an organization and its ability to help us grow as believers. Uh, Yeah, it can be rough at times, and we know that, but I also know it can be absolutely wonderful at times, too. Uh, Some of the relationships formed at church are the closest friends I have. I pray, Lord, that you would uh, just continue to help us as a church, help Bible Fellowship Church to continue to reach out and to touch uh, new people and to be able to further the work of your word, that we would be consistent in our teaching, that we would be consistent in our messaging, that uh, our lives would be a testament to the power that the word can have in an individual's life. Father, I thank you so much for our pastor. I thank you so much for the people who come and attend faithfully. I thank you so much just for how you've blessed us. I pray, Father, that uh, the things that we do would bring honor and glory to you. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and found it thought-provoking. The Upper Room is a Bible Fellowship Church production. The opinions discussed by our guests are just opinions and random thoughts at the time of recording and do not necessarily reflect the doctrine or stated beliefs of Bible Fellowship Church. Thank you.